0: You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
1: All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck. Podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at R-E-P-P-A-C-T.
0: And I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on Twitter, but at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouettes Flight Deck Podcast is presented by our good friends over at Sportbuff, where right now you can save 10% off your entire order by using the promo code flightdeck 10 Head on over to www.sportbuffshop.com.
1: Uh, also got to mention, too, real quickly, that uh, we want to congratulate Jose Lefebvre, who won the, uh, the Sport Buff Flight Crew seat for this week's game. Congratulations once again. Nice. And, and uh, stay tuned for the week prior to our next home game, which will be the game versus Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned for that week, and that's when we will put up the contest again for two free tickets to see the Alouettes play at Percival Molson Stadium. There you go, folks. I mean,
0: Like I said, we're, we're doing it big this year, and that includes making sure that you get your opportunity to go see the Alouettes play at Percival Molson Stadium. So when the link goes up, make sure you tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a family member, tell everybody to jump in and get those flight crew seats because, like I said, the, the view there is fantastic. And, folks, it's free, absolutely
1: free to enter. That's right can't can't be can't be any easier can't be any easier a lot to talk about this week we uh have a great interview coming up it's uh with a wide receiver reggie white jr um no not that reggie white jr uh (laughs) (laughs) yes as we get into i'm sure it's i think he said i saw another interview with him where he said if he if he had a dollar for every time you know oh yeah i can only imagine but a great great interview coming up and i hope you guys stay tuned uh also uh we have uh, some uh, CFL Hall of Fame news to talk about. You know, let's you know Cliff, before we talk about the game this week, let's go ahead and let's, uh, let's go ahead and knock that out. Uh there was some uh, I don't know if, if we were surprised about it or not, but you know, we never really know when the announcements are going to be made. I mean, the CFL just recently had their Hall of Fame ceremonies for the 2020 and the 2021 classes. Um, and it's not like the NFL where they give us a list of the finalists of who may be inducted into the uh, Canadian football hall of fame, but the, uh, they surprised uh, just the other, the other day with the uh, an announcement of who made it into the CFL hall of fame for 2022.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was funny because uh, they literally just finished giving the, the those gentlemen who have made it to the hall for 2020 and 21, they finally got their opportunity to have their moment in the sun, which was great. And, uh, you know, so many great, uh, like, for, for example, like for, for the Alouette side, you're talking about guys like uh, Marv Levy, uh, Nick Lewis, finally getting named to the hall, which is or getting their opportunity because they were named back in 2020 and 2021, respectively. But uh, this was their first opportunity now since COVID that they had to be fully 100 percent enshrined, which is absolutely awesome. And of course, you know, hats off to those guys. But now right just right away. Twenty Twenty Two class was announced, which is you know kind of surprising, but yeah. uh, hey, that's great. So, and we got some incredible news, some very exciting news for you, Alouettes Nation. Uh, not one, but two Alouettes representatives
1: got the call this year. That's right. Uh, one being first ballot too, Chip Cox, uh, very soft-spoken, great interview. By the way, if nobody heard it over on uh, uh, TSN Six Ninety, they had an interview with him. Um, Pretty uh, good interview. So if you haven't, I uh, said listen to it. Uh, and also, uh, we had a, a head coach who was associated with the uh, with the Alouettes also make it in, right, Cliff?
0: Yep, that would be Dave Ritchie, who was actually the, F- the Alouettes coach when both Anthony Calvillo and Ben Cahoon started playing together. Nice little history nod right there. And uh, yeah. Dave Ritchie, of course, uh, more, more more known for his uh, time with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers than yeah. anywhere else, but uh, uh, still very much a part of Alouette's nation, and we definitely tip our caps to uh, to Coach Dave and to Chip, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. As I said, uh, definitely well-deserved, definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame without question. I mean, his body of work from, you know, from 2006 on was nothing short of spectacular. Uh, gotta say, though, uh, he... Did kind of stick around a little too long. Like there was a couple times where he kind of started to trail off a bit, but I don't think that takes away anything from what he's done. I mean, he won two Grey Cups with the Alouettes, the back-to-back championships in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Was an absolute beast on special teams. Uh, just absolutely dangerous player. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like part of the Alouette swagger that the defense had, that sort of uh, that that chutzpah that they had, yeah. if you will. I mean, that that came part and parcel with chip cox i mean pairing up with john bowman you know that bringing that kind of that energy and even though he was a very soft-spoken very quiet kind of guy he let his he did his talking on the field and man, when he hit he hit like a train i mean this guy outstanding just simply outstanding player in his time uh like i said a key part of those great cup winning teams and i, I knew he was going to be in the hall of fame but for, even i was a little surprised by first ballot like to me that was like Like, undisputed, practically. I mean, that's, like, wow. (laughs) I mean, And, again, the other first ballot Hall of Famer this year going in is Ricky Ray. Now, I don't have to tell you how how incredible a quarterback Ricky Ray is. I mean, like, when you talk about the GOAT, as far as CFL quarterbacks go, he is definitely in the conversation, along with uh, guys like uh, Anthony Calvillo and Warren Moon and Doug Flutie and so on and so forth. Like, he is definitely up there in that upper echelon without question. So him being a first ballot Hall of Famer, not a shock. But Chip, like, I'm not mad at it. Don't get me wrong. Like, but yeah. you know, I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, definitely a Hall of Fame talent. But first ballot Hall, really? Like that—that that means his peers and his contemporaries pretty much thought the same as what Alois Nation thought. Like, this is a surefire Hall of Famer. So I guess they're like, okay, listen, he's eligible. Why waste? Why waste time? Get him in there. Done. So <laughs> exactly. that's beautiful. So yeah, once again, like to, to Chip, uh, to Coach Dave. Congratulations! Uh, looking forward to seeing you. Your 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 time in the sun. Seeing you guys get immortalized in the Hall of Fame in Hamilton, and. Once again, we, we salute you for everything you have done for Alowitz Nation.
1: All right, and, we, and, you know, we, we, I guess we are an Allowitz centric podcast, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention everybody else who was named into the, uh, to, you know, the, new, the next class of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Uh, everybody, if you're an Allowitz fan, you know the name Paul Kicker, you know, for a kicker, Paul McCallum, uh, fullback Tim Tisdale and Dick Thornton. Um, on the builder category again we to dave ritchie uh calgary colts f- founder and former general manager keith evans and a uh, longtime cfl team executive i think a lot of people would know this name too roy shivers so um mm-hmm. you know obviously congratulations to everybody in the class of 2022 and uh the uh, they will be officially inducted on the evening of september 16th at tim horton's field
0: so should be cool very cool so like i said there's so many great names in that in that bunch and even though we just had a hall of fame ceremony why not have two i guess that's that's the thought this year is you know what it was so nice we're gonna do it
1: twice (laughs) yeah exactly now speaking switching from uh from uh, hall of fame inductions to a game that would not be considered a hall of fame game in any way shape or form we have last week's loss devastating i don't know heartbreaking heartbreaking loss to the toronto argonauts Alouettes lose on a missed field goal uh was it 17 or 21 yard field goal uh mm-hmm. with very little time on the clock and the Alouettes lose 20 to 19 you i and many others did not see that coming because we all expected to be one and one heading into this week three matchup versus the saskatchewan roughriders
0: What's even more disheartening is that this team could easily have been 2-0 going into this match coming up on Thursday versus the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Instead, 0-2. And both losses were tightly contested affairs. One was a pretty decent effort, whereas the other one stunk out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's there's just no two ways about it. Like Both teams did everything possible to lose this game. And I, I remember talking about it with Mike Mitchell last week on the pod that I thought it was going to come down to a field goal. And boy, was I right, but not quite in the way we thought
1: it was going to go down. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I mean, for for Boerspey to miss a field goal, which he did do, that's a surprise. But also for David Cote to miss one? Yeah. yeah.
0: And the fact that he had kicked four field goals earlier
1: with no problem
0: from various degrees, uh, like d- distance. Uh, I mean, like OK, I'm not going to call him Mr. Automatic, but I mean, like he was about as money as one can be. So, yeah, they, you think about, okay, he's going to line up for a 21-yard field goal. Like, that's a chip shot. No yeah. problem. We got this. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about the decision to bleed the clock down and then take the timeout?
1: You, okay, you and I are – I think we're, we're, we differ on this one because you and I have talked about this already off air. I've heard two well, – first and foremost, I've heard two different things. I've heard that the Owls did not have enough players on, on the field. I've not been able to go back and check that to, to say if that was true or not. I don't know if you have either. Mm. But I'm actually I, – I, no, I didn't react negatively in any way, shape, or form when I saw them running the clock down. I kind of understood why they were running the clock down because you want to try to make it the last play. You want to try to make it – give them as, as little time as possible if you make it and go ahead. Um, so to me, I really didn't have any issue with it at all. Because, as I said, I thought it was normal football to set it up to win the game. And obviously, from you asking me, and as I've already hinted at, you and I differ, though.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I felt like the the team, in, in, unintentionally, perhaps, or not, I, I can't say for certain, because, yeah, with the... I can't say one hundred percent what what happened when it came to the players on the field if there was enough or what had happened, but like it just felt like they inadvertently iced David Cote, which I, I want to believe they wouldn't do that on purpose because I, I know it happens. I know like head coaches or special teams coordinators they kind of overthink things sometimes, and sometimes you can get you can outcoach yourself. And I was very worried that this was this is what had happened was Kahari was outcoaching himself or. Uh, Byron Archambault. i don't know who gets the final say. I have to believe Kahari gets the final say whether or not to call a timeout in in that instance, yeah, but to me, it was like okay, if you're trying to bleed the clock i'm I'm all for that, but you know what I think I would have rather taken the penalty and go back a little bit if that was the case, but uh, you know it it just like on the optics of it is what bothers me more than anything else, and also too, the fact that it, it felt like they weren't trying to get—they uh, weren't even trying to center the kick.
1: Well, that, that, was, brought, that, that was brought up, too. There, They're talking about when it comes to the hash marks now that they're so close to each other. Uh, most it's, it's, I've heard from a, a lot of talking heads where it's now basically automatic, no matter where the ball is spotted on which hash mark. Mm. So, uh, again, uh, I, think it's, I don't think it was one question that was asked of Kahari. I think it was more or less of the other situation, which we're going to talk about here in a couple of minutes— uh, and, and more and more or less on that than it was on whether you know what what was the what was the reasoning behind a potential potential icing of our own kicker yeah
0: no it's to me i, I would have much rather taken the 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 time count violation and go back five yards like it, it, you know if, if the goal was to bleed the clock i think that would have been a much better thing to do and you wouldn't have that notion because again kickers know this too like they know if the timeout's being called like it's It just gives you the extra opportunity to get in your own head. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, like, I know a 21-yard field goal, nine times out of ten, you're going to make, if if you're a half-decent kicker, and I'll go so far as to say David Cote is more than a half-decent kicker. He's a very good kicker. yeah, But still, not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But I think it was just enough just to get inside his own head just a little bit, and I I think that's why it just kind of pulled to the left. And, ugh, like, that sucked.
1: Yeah, I, I ran into Coach at practice on Sunday and I, w- I was talking to him about it. And then I asked him, you know, uh, uh, do you think his reaction was going to be turned into a meme? Because, you know, everybody could re- read his lips. Yeah. Where he was just like, oh no.
0: Yeah. <laughs> type of thing. So. Yeah, because Kahari doesn't have enough on his plate already. But mm. <laughs> no, he's a. Yeah, it could have been worse. He could have been, you know, tied up in his own headset like another former head coach of the yeah. Alouettes. But,
1: but you know what? You know, I guess, I guess if there is a positive to come out of this, um, of this loss, is that um, all other teams except for Toronto are zero and two in the East. It's weird to say, but you know, the the Alouettes are, you know, just a, a, ga- a game and a half out of first. Or, or well, Tight. you. Huh? tied for second. <laughs> yeah, tied for second. So, so they're they're basically two points out. They're two points out of out of first place cuz I keep forgetting when it's it's not baseball-ish for the standings. It's it's how many, you know, wins versus yes. you know, points. So, right. Right now Toronto is the king at
0: 1 and 0 and
1: well, that's it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um uh one thing we can take away from this I mean the alouettes they, again it seemed to weird, its ugly head uh, a lot of 15 yard penalties c- trying to really ding the owls uh eight penalties for 100 yards I mean Toronto wasn't much better mind you I mean it was 10 for 10 for 90 but still um you know after after week one they did an amazing job but I mean the, the Alouettes just uh, again way too many stupid penalties we had our very first um, no yards penalty, which I think a lot of people were saying that that may not have been a no yards penalty. I saw that on social media once that occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was more to it. Though, obviously, I mean the, the missed kick. Uh, there was the the situation at quarterback. But first, let me give the props. By the way, let me give props to our receiving core, uh, Gino Lewis. Uh, again, hundred yards, uh, eleven targets, seven receptions for one hundred and twenty-seven yards. Uh, again, Gino is Gino is Gino. Thank God. Uh but no touchdowns. Um but still from there, uh uh Hergie had 33 yards. Uh Jeshuan had had an eighteen. There's that by the way, there's something I want to talk about. Uh Chandler Worthy, 21. Um, and uh, Reggie White Jr. with 83, speaking of our our guests this week. Mm-hmm. Um also if if anybody knows who didn't get a get a uh, Jake did get two targets, but he hasn't had a catch and he's this is this has been an off off year so far for Jake Winicky. It really, really has. Uh, I just hope everything get, can he can get back into the groove of things. Obviously, it won't be this week, but it's, it's something else that we need to talk about because it's it seems to be something that may have lingered since you and I saw it in training camp, mm-hmm. which may have reared its ugly head again. Um, quickly rushing, uh, leading rusher was Jeshwin Antwi. He only had eight carries. 29 yards. Trevor Harris had had uh, 20 yards. Dominic Davis had 13. VA had 11. Uh Trevor Harris 18 of 30 coming in in relief, 270 yards and an interception, no touchdowns. Uh VA 2 of 4 for 14 yards. And that's where we're going to start or continue rather. VA 2 and 4 Two for four for 14 yards. Well, I do understand it was midway through, about halfway through the the second quarter when he got the yank. Yes, Trevor Lettuce was leading the team to a potential win, but it's more or less to Vernon Adams. Mm. Two and four, and I said this on social media. First, I was wondering why was the change made because to me, and I I would think to some other fans too, that two for four is not struggling. The team overall was struggling, yes, but it also didn't help that the Russian there, there was no running game either, and again, jeswin only had eight carries for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, do uh, yes, again, as I said, Trevor put us into a, uh, a potential winning spot. But I just don't understand what's going on. Um, <laughs> uh, we, I guess you know, we can, we can speculate all we want, but yes, this was a decision would seem to be made to. Get the team, maybe you know, give him a little bit more momentum, and so a change was made. And Trevor came in, and he finished the game. And as we found out, Trevor will be starting this week. Whether um, VA, I think, I think it would have happened whether VA uh, had COVID or not. I think it was going to come down to. It. But anyway, anyways, as I said, I just, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on this, Cliff? Uh,
0: well, I'm with you in the sense that two and four is not struggling. This this narrative that people just want to keep beating over the head. About Vernon Adams and his struggles, ha, has he been perfect this year? Of course not. He really has not. Has he been terrible? No, I, I really don't think so. I he he made mistakes. We discussed that in the previous pod. Against Calgary, was he outstanding in his uh, first couple of series against the Argos? Not particularly, but then again, neither was anyone else. I mean, McCloud Bethel Thompson wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire during that first half of football. I mean, I'll go so far as to say that first half of football was probably some of the worst Mm -hmm. CFL football I have ever seen. And like, if you were trying to sell the game to, you know, like American fans, or if you're trying to sell the game to CFL haters, or, you know, trying to convince anyone to give CFL football a try, you showed them that. I guarantee you would get zero response, like and zero positive response. Like that was just a very poorly played half of football by both teams. Mm-hmm. So this 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 notion that Vernon Adams is struggling and is not the quarterback they was and he flat out sucks. And Trevor Harris is
1: so much better. Like, where are you people getting this from? I mean, if if he had been two for 12 with a pick and that's just something I'm throwing out. That's struggling. That's struggling. Two for four is not struggling. It was a, an overall ineptus, inept, ineptness,
0: ineptitude, ineptness. Yes. Of yes. uh, the offense, the offense was
1: horrible.
0: Yes. Again, On all facets like they
1: two for four, I, I, yeah. two for four. Yeah.
0: But it, it just felt like, and I'm sorry to say, but like Kahari is obviously feeling the heat from up above. I mean, you had to have noticed Danny Machocha being on the sidelines, right? I did. I did see him on the sidelines. Yes. How how, how could you like? How could he not be in Kahari's ear? Like, get this guy out of here. Get Trevor in there. Let let Trevor do this. Let, let let's see what Trevor can do. I, I I'm positive. And you know, like, I, I really feel like like the writing is on the wall as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I will be very surprised if Kahari Jones is still coach of this team by by July. It's it's just the way things are going right now. I mean, it. it It almost feels like Danny Mack is putting more more steps into place for him to eventually take over this team as coach. And I don't want to take it away from the fantastic job he's been doing as general manager. But now if he's thinking that he can also be a fantastic coach as well, I'm very leery about that. If for only one reason, can you name a successful coach slash general manager that's in the league right now? No, because there's only one. And that would be Chris Jones. And how's he doing right now? Not good. I mean, not, not you know, not fantastic. I mean, not terrible. I mean, aside from that Molly whopping that the BC Lions gave uh, the the Elks in week one. Did you look up that word? No, I, I've, I've, I've known that word for quite some time.
1: <laughs> what did but, Molly do and why did, she, why did she deserve a whopping? Oh, she um, knows what she did. <laughs> <laughs> but it, all this to say that, you know, the, it's so
0: difficult right now in the Canadian Football League to do both jobs. And I think Chris Jones, if he didn't know that already because he's this is not his first time being a, a head coach and general manager of a professional football team i'm sure he's learning it again like oh yeah th- there's a lot of hats to wear here and my concern is i i just don't think diamond show could do it any better than what chris jones is currently doing it right now that being said i understand that maybe Kahari's not his guy in the sense that he never hired Kahari jones he was basically he basically inherited him when he took over the uh, the job as general manager but at the same time like Kahari Jones didn't forget how to coach. Like I think a lot there's just so much pressure and there's just so much going around right now as far as the expectation levels for this team and what's expected out of Kahari and his staff is it, it's it's not realistic. I mean, based on like this is stuff that's been talked about even before the season started. Like the, the the
1: rumors and the the whatnot, and as I said, like I'm sure as- it didn't help. I'm sure it didn't help. But but you know, from what I what I keep seeing though, um, coach seems to be keeping taking it in stride. Um, it, it's funny. you know. It I think it makes it even more interesting when you have you know Gary Stern, who's become a all of a sudden a social media magnet. He's not only a steel <laughs> magnet, but he's now a social media. Seems getting becoming a social media superstar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, making we didn't mention it last week, but you know, making making projections on on the team killing Toronto. But you know what? What what else would you expect from an owner? I don't think that put would put any more pressure. It's it. You know what? And I know we've said this before too, Cliff. When it comes to these certain things, but you know what? It did get. You know, it's funny we say. Sometimes we look at it negatively. Sometimes we look at it positively. It got the owls in the press. It got them. They were talked about. But true. But 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 leading back to coach. If that is the case, I don't think it, I don't think it's fair for Kahari that again, all these naysayers and you have a coach where he's had and again I understand yes the coach coach usually takes the fall of these things where he had a a, a good 20 uh, 2019, had a mediocre 2021 and then so far what's happening now. But the thing is injuries uh, injuries galore it's been cr- crazy even this year it's just so frustrating and you know remember the the last time that i think that that a major losing streak for one of our coaches to be fired i think goes back to rod rust and he lost nine straight you know the owls had already clinched a playoff spot in the east (laughs) and and he was fired and who took over by the way
0: Uh, the general manager that's
1: right yeah (laughs) But, but that was the last major one so i i i don't i i don't know i don't know
0: and this is the thing that worries me is that the general managers of this team seem to like, to, they seem to think they can do it all. And it's just not that easy. And as these general previous general managers have learned. Yeah. It, sometimes you're better off just staying in the office and making the deals and signing the contracts and right. scouting the players and so on and so forth. Like sometimes you're just better off just sticking to one thing and doing it very well as opposed to, as opposed to spreading yourself too thin and, the overall product suffers as a result. I, I will say this.
1: Obviously I am a Kahari Jones fan. I, I think he is a great head coach for this team. Mm-hmm. If 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 something happens and for whatever reason they decide to make the change, I don't think it'll be Danny Mack as our interim head coach. I will say that right now. I don't I think don't it, know. I, I don't I, I don't think it will be as I said, I,
0: I look at the moves that were made, uh the coaches that were brought in, how many of them are former Carabans? like
1: to me, it really felt like he's getting the band back together. So, but either way, you know what? As we said with Vernon before, uh, hashtag our head coach. Until he's not, he's our head coach. And again, I, I don't have any. I don't have any problem. I'm just. Mm-hmm. I'm just having issues right now with how the team is playing. Obviously, they're zero two, but yet they've only lost these two games by a grand total of four points. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and I really want to get something out. Right now, like I kind of lost my cool on social media earlier this week uh <laughs> with uh, a good friend of ours, actually, uh, uh just because, again, I, I realize I've become sort of the the poster boy, if you will, online for, uh, you know, my supposed dislike of Trevor Harris. I want to make something clear. I don't dislike Trevor Harris. I'm not a fan of his. I, I don't think he's the great white hope. I don't think he's the next Ricky Ray, as everybody's trying to make him out to be. You know, he, he is who he is, and that's fine if that's what you're going for. But He's had a good 10-year career so far. Uh, Anyways, uh, continue. Sorry, this is you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, listen, he, he is what he is, though. That's that's the thing. He's People are making him out to be something that he's just not. And I'm sorry, if that makes me a hater, then I guess so be it. I guess I'm a hater, but all I'm pointing out is, like, Vernon Adams is your future. He's going to make mistakes. His style of play is very risk reward, whereas Trevor Harris is very middle of the road. Like he will do okay. He'll he'll pad his stats. He'll you know he'll put up numbers that look okay. But I mean, I never felt like the Elwoods were going to win with him. I I really truly felt like it was they were going to win in spite of him at times. Uh, I mean, yes, he made a couple of nice throws. Uh, Geno Lewis, of course, making those inhuman catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he and Reggie, uh, Harris and he- uh, Reggie White Jr. have clearly developed a connection. Like, they, they seem to work very well together. Uh, even Herji Myala had a, a pretty outstanding catch as well from Harris. I mean, like, fine, he can move the ball, but then you're still in the same situation of leaving points on the field. Like Instead of scoring touchdowns, you're kicking field goals. Yeah. And thankfully, Toronto was just as you know, pedantic in their offense, that they were more or less doing the same thing. Like, they were, you know, driving the field too. McLeod Bethel-Thompson was, you know, playing okay football, not outstanding, not lights-out football. I mean, he... I, I, you could almost make the argument that he, Harris and McLeod Bethel-Thompson were kind of interchangeable as far as their play goes. They did just enough almost to not lose, if you if you could believe that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, like it was very middle of the road, like, very... Average quarterbacking. And in this game, I guess average quarterbacking was enough to win because, well, but problem is only one quarterback could win. So yeah. it really did come down to other factors as the reason why the Alouettes lost this game. But to me, like, people are heralding Trevor Harris as, like, the hero. Like, and to the point where I've even seen, like, some people are like, well, this is more of a Danny Mack style quarterback because he's, he's so much like Ricky Ray. I'm like, I, I, I beg your pardon. Uh, other than being as white as the driven snow, Please explain to me how Trevor Harris and Ricky Ray can be even mentioned in the same sentence like, uh, as far as like quarterback play goes, as far as wins, uh, statistics, what have you. Like, I'm sorry. and Again, I know I'm probably sounding like the biggest Trevor Harris hater right now, and I'm not trying to be, but you can't compare <laughs> Trevor Harris to Ricky Ray. I, I mean <sighs> – I mean, you just can't like fine. Uh, like they they have some similarities. I mean, they even were teammates at one point in Toronto, but that's about where the comparisons end for this. And for people to full on believe that the Alouettes are going to win strictly because Trevor Harris is the quarterback and Vernon Adams is not. What are you basing this on? Please tell me, like, why can't anyone answer this question for me? Like you, you make these absurd statements for nothing and you have nothing to back it up with. You know what? I I can admit Vernon Adams makes mistakes. I can admit there are times where he just does not play very well. But believe me, when he does play very well, I will mention that, too. And it's clear as day what kind of quarterback you've got with Vernon Adams. And it's also clear as day what kind of quarterback you have with Trevor Harris. And whether you want to take that as a compliment or an insult is completely up to you. I I, I just don't see a scenario where Trevor Harris is your long-term solution to whatever the problems are with the Montreal Alouettes. And is it just a matter of, well, he's not a Kahari guy, uh, Kihari, you know, like, Kahari's like not coaching this guy the the way he should be to to maximize his potential, but all of a sudden Danny Machocha is going to? Is that really the belief that you have? I'm sorry, I, I just really don't see it. I mean, I've only watched football for, you know, 30-plus years. And if I can't see this, like, I, I don't see what everybody else is like I've, I've joked about it during the, this week is like I feel like I'm in the upside down. Like there's this, you know, alternate universe where Trevor Harris is like the greatest quarterback since sliced bread. Like, the the like you know, he's like Tom Brady 2.0. And I'm sorry, I just I'm not seeing it. Like if someone wants to clue me in, someone wants to explain to me how it's going to work and all that, I, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to sit down and, uh, you know,
1: discuss that. But so are you saying Trevor Harris is the Demogorgon? Since you're talking about the upside down.
0: <laughs> if you've got a better explanation, Tim, I, I am all ears. Well, and please, anyone else that's listening on, yeah. on, on this right now, if you've got a better explanation, I'm willing to like I'll, – I'll I'll play along. I'll listen. But I can only go by what I see with my own two eyes. And realistically, all I see is a middle-of-the-pack quarterback who is now trying to be this,
1: uh, this Triv- superstar. Trevor has the veteran status. That he does. He has 10 years under his belt, mostly as a starter. I mean, yes, he's in his mid thirties. That it, it's funny to say a guy in mid thirties is potentially an issue. You know, VA has has the age where he is a quarterback that can learn and is still learning. Like yeah. he,
0: we we've seen what he can do. Like we've seen the work he puts in, and he's still working with coaches. He's still training with other players that will bring out the best. You know, is doing they're doing their best to bring out you know the very best that there is in Vernon Adams. Yeah. like you see him constantly striving to
1: improve. Yeah. Now is it is it a result of him being hurt? It's—I don't know. I think I brought it up a few weeks ago. C- could it be a psychological thing? Potentially. But, you know, we as fans and media, we can only base our opinions on from what we see and what we've heard. Mm-hmm. So— I don't want to give another example, if I may. Yeah. This past Saturday, the Calgary Stampeders.
0: Remember they were down 24 nothing to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Everybody was begging for Jake Mayer to be thrown into the ma- the match. Like, oh, Bo Levi's finished. He's hurt. He sucks. It's over. You know, it's done. But do you think Dave Dif- Dave Dickinson listened to these people? Do you think that he heard any of this? No. He knows what he has in Bo Levi Mitchell. And my God, they scratched and clawed. And you know, he he let Bo Levi work out his problems. He he let him figure it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And look what happened. <laughs> They came all the way back. I mean, some could say that the Tiger Cats choked. You know, you can make that argument, but I'd rather look at more like Bo Levi, whatever problems he had, whatever malaise he had going on, whatever was bothering him, he figured it out. Yeah, Calgary, Calgary, full of Montreal. They did. They absolutely did. Yeah. Like, imagine if Kahari and to a lesser extent, Danny Machocha gave Vernon Adams the opportunity to figure it out. I'm willing to bet he would he, he he would have figured it out and found a way to beat the Tiger Cats or the the, the
1: argonauts. Now, sorry. I now I'm gonna be David's advocate on this because then we, we need to move on from this. Go on. But what would you say to those people who would say you cannot compare a Bo Levi to a Vernon Adams? Not thinking You're against right. VA, by the way. He 100%. knows this. he knows this. Oh uh,
0: without question. We've yeah. we've we've talked about like who we consider our top tier quarterbacks in this league. And yeah, until otherwise Bo Levi, as far as I'm concerned, is still that top tier quarterback. He, he's like Vernon. He's gone through some injury woes. He, he's had some problems. He's had some doubters. He's got doubters now. Like he, but you know what? Bo, the one thing that Vernon Adams doesn't have, though, apparently, is management that has his back, that is willing to let him figure it out. I mean, now, mind you, yes, Bo Levi Mitchell is, you know, head and shoulders. Uh, You know, above as far when it comes to Grey Cup wins, Grey Cup appearances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just he's got the experience that Vernon Adams simply does not have. He doesn't he doesn't have those. He's got those things that Vernon Adams simply hasn't had the opportunity to have yet, which is fine. Like, And so that explains why he's given the leeway. And that's probably why he's got the, the the opportunity to figure out whatever the problems are and solve them right and, and imagine just imagine though tim if imagine if dave dickinson was the head coach of the alouettes and this, like you know you, you've got this other quarterback that everybody seems to be clamoring for and is convinced is going to be the, you know the next big thing but you, you 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 stick with your guy you stick with the guy that brought you to the dance and oh, fine he's going through some problems but you let him figure it out imagine if imagine if i mean like the, that's the yeah. thing that just i i'm you know like I, I look at both situations i look at what uh yeah, what's management is doing with Vernon Adams versus what's Calgary's management's doing with Bolivi Mitchell. And it's night and day and you can't help but wonder, like I'm sure VA has got to be thinking himself, man, must be nice. Must be nice to let someone, you know, let me figure out my stuff and let me do my thing. Like I can only imagine what he's thinking when he sees that sort of situation unfolding right before him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. By the way, to close this out for, on this, if we're wrong, if Cliff is wrong, and on anything that we have said, we invite, yeah, please get in contact with us uh tim.capper at alouettesflightdeck.ca, or Cliff at uh, cliff uh Pine at deck.ca. You want to come on, we want to talk. Tell us how we are wrong. Th- th- we have no problem if we are if we are in your eyes we're wrong. Anybody from the Alouettes organization Deloria, Danny Mac, uh, Gary Stern, you know uh, Meyer, Turchini. Please, head coach Kahari, come on. We'd love to hear the 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 thought pattern behind it. That's all. Let us know. By the way, one quick thing, and then we will move on to the interview because I'm with Reggie. It's, it's a very good interview. Yes, I'm trying. I was trying to do the 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 actual count here on how many times uh, Antwi had rushes in the second half. That's the other thing that kind of pissed me off, too, is because you have a guy, we, we know we're down. We understand we were down to a basically one, one running back last week. Mm-hmm. But you you can't, it's not, eight rushes is not a sample size. Not a very big sample size, no. I mean, it, it, you. it's like they almost totally threw it out, out the window. I mean, it didn't work in the first half change you know what i mean it's i i don't know dude i said it, it wasn't i didn't go through the how many different rushes that they had in the second half i should have but and it
0: was obvious to me that the Argos were game planning for antwee as well because i think they saw what the runs he was able to break out against calgary and they had to be prepared for him so i mean and it probably too is also thinking too of this whole quarterback malaise that's going on in montreal they had to figure okay they they got to be leaning on antwee so we got to prepare for this guy and Give him credit. They, they were able to bottleneck him for the most part. So I think it's just good scouting on uh, on Toronto's part to, to know, you know know your enemy. And that's exactly what they did because, yeah, yeah. should the Elowets have gone to Antwi a little bit more? I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely think that would have helped take some of the pressure off regardless of who the quarterback was because, yeah, like if, if both quarterbacks are struggling to really produce, I mean, to really move the ball downfield – did a guy like Antwi, like we, we see we saw what he can do. He's he's got the muscle, he's got the speed, he just needs the opportunity to try and break one open. And this offensive line, let me tell let me tell you something about this offensive line. The left tackle position, I think that scares me more. There, there, there shouldn't be a quarterback controversy. There should be a left
1: tackle controversy. Schluger was was horrible, and we're gonna say it right now. He's already on the one game this week, and he's being replaced by uh, uh the calendar. Yeah. I mean horrible. The sacks, you knew it, you, you saw it, and I was like, "Good lord!" Yeah, but but let's let's
0: not forget, you know, at, when uh, Dominic Navis scored that touchdown, it was Schluger that took the ball and spiked it, and he made sure that the cameraman, you know, he he actually turned the camera ever so slightly to make sure that everybody saw him spike the ball. So you know, good on you for you know l- you know going into business for yourself. But uh, where, where, where were those highlights when you know the, uh, the defensive line was uh, rushing past you and uh, you know? swim move all over you and you know getting to the quarterback which by the way is your job to protect the blind side you know just just fyi
1: yeah by the way and if i read this right six rushes in the second in the in the third quarter that means two in the first half no rushes in the fourth quarter no attempts mm. but yeah it, it, it was the two of the sacks it was ridiculous va had and this was before va was pulled yeah it was it, it was it was just so bad
0: yeah you know what i, I guarantee. Like, Tom Brady would be "quote unquote" struggling with with, with that kind of performance from the uh, the offensive line. I mean, like for crying out loud! And again, it, at least they're, they're they're you know they're they're not playing favorites. They they were just as ineffective when Trevor Harris was behind center.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, for God's sake,s you got to let. I don't care who your quarterback is, you got to let him do his thing, and you got to create lanes for your running back. I, I noticed I said running back because there's only one playing last week, but
1: holy cow, like yeah. you. You got to do something like, you know, toss him a bone here. Like, we got two this week. Tell them <laughs> we have two this week. Holy moly. So, see that, but, but we'll be getting to that in a minute here. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, a great interview with a rising superstar in the CFL, uh, Reggie Wright Jr. Um, we, we talked actually with him for a couple minutes the other night. He was gracious enough to join us. So, uh, let's get to that interview, Cliff. And when we get back, uh, we will preview the game for the home opener. For 2022 for the Alouettes versus Saskatchewan. And with us this week is a gentleman who has made a name for himself. He It's been a very unique path to becoming an Alouettes wide receiver. We want to find out more about his career before the Alouettes, etc. On the line with us now is a Reggie White Jr., wide receiver for the Montreal Alouettes. Hey, Reggie, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Now, we got to get something clear right off the bat. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're not related
2: to to that Reggie White, correct? Not not to the one everybody thinks about, but to me <laughs> it is that Reggie White. Okay. But.
0: <laughs> no that, no that's fair. That's fair. That, that no, no disrespect that. to your actual father who is also Reggie White. But
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, but again like obviously like football fans, the first thing they're gonna think of is the legendary Philadelphia Eagles slash Green Bay Packer.
2: Right. Yeah that's not my dad. Uh, my dad is Reggie White senior He played in the league at the same time, actually. He has a picture with the real Reggie White um, after a game. So uh, he played from 92 to 97 a year after I was born. So it's pretty cool that we share the same name with uh, a Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, I get asked a million times, is it any relation? And I always say not the one that you're thinking of. But (laughs) my dad also did play in the NFL, too. So pretty cool. Oh, for so sure. I so yeah. n- not not the minister
0: of defense. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, w- want to find out about you talk about football and I mean we know you played at Monmouth. You, you had a monster career at Monmouth. i was just looking at your stats now. You had a hell of a, t- t- a hell of a senior year. Oh my god! Well, actually, you're a fifth year senior too. On on top of that, if I remember correctly, um, yeah. Who got, obviously it seems like a silly question to ask, but I could be wrong. But who? got you involved in football? Was it because of your father, or was it something that you wanted to do from the onset? Uh,
2: It was 100% my dad. Yeah? Yeah, he put the football in my hand since the day I was born. So all credit goes to him.
1: Was there anybody else besides your father who was in football that also made you love the sport even more? I mean, somebody maybe a coach that gave you some some advice or maybe something your father said when it came to advice? Was there anybody else besides your dad that you looked up to in football?
2: Uh, it was pretty much my dad. You yeah. know, I, played, I started playing when I was four, so uh, I really didn't know too much about it, but I just knew he played, and I wanted to be like him. So he got me in the sport early. Well, I played all three, football, basketball, and baseball, but I fell in love with football the most. Okay.
1: You're, you're, so you're very similar to a, a teammate of yours, Gino Lewis, and when he had a choice to make, you played all three. Why did you choose football specifically over baseball or basketball?
2: Uh, well, I kind of made the decision going into my junior year of high school. Um, I was, you know, I was playing AU basketball at this time. I was just playing football and basketball, but right. you know, AU basketball is all year round. I really just stopped playing a e basketball. I just wanted to focus on football, and then when basketball season came, then I'll play basketball. But all my focus just turned to football, and I was just basically playing basketball for fun because I, I was still good at it. But I knew I wanted to go to school for football, and I had a better chance of making the pros playing football.
1: So you, in high school, you, you lettered in all three?
2: In high school, I just played basketball and football. I stopped playing baseball probably middle school. Oh, okay a little too boring for me. I was in the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a lot of action there at times, so. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, why'd you choose Monmouth? I mean, were, did they recruit you out of high school or uh, what, what was the reasoning for heading out over to Monmouth?
2: Yeah, they recruited me. Um, I really only had one offer. There was my only offer until about probably end of my senior year. I mean, yeah, end of my senior year of high school. So, uh, I had already committed probably like I want to say November around that time. Yeah. And, um, they just kept communicating with me, kept, they called me every week. Um, uh, I went on a visit up there and it just felt like the the best fit. You know, once I found out I can get into school, cause you know, we had the SAT when I was in high school. So once I found out I could actually get into school, uh, I didn't want to wait anymore. I know um, I didn't have any other office. So I was like, I'm going to commit to tomorrow. And then I probably got like two more, like after the season, after my senior season, uh, Howard University offered me late, and my dad's alma mater, North Carolina A&T, offered me like right on Sunday day. So I was kind of slap in the face, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah uh, would you have Would you have changed? Would you have gone to another university if, if all three had uh, uh, recruited you at the same time? Or obviously, I mean, you can uh, look back look back at it now, but you did very well at Monmouth. So
2: yeah, well, I always wanted to go to A&T, like my dad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I wanted to go to NC like my dad, uh, it, just, it just it didn't work out, I mean I went to camp down there, he took me, drove me down to camp, and he still didn't offer me, so mom was just, it was the perfect fit, and I got there at the right time, it was uh, five scenes ahead of me, and um, I registered that year, so once I, it was my turn to play, it was just, it was for me to start, and I haven't looked back since.
1: Okay, that's good. Cool. cool. Cliff.
0: What drew you to wide receiver as uh, as when it came to a uh, football position? What you say? What drew you to the wide receiver position above all the others?
2: Um, I don't, actually, I really don't know where the, where the receiver came from. My dad wanted me to play quarterback, but you know, if you know me, I don't really like fans too much. So I wasn't. I didn't like running the offense. I rather just catch the ball and score a touchdown. So uh, probably when I started playing like tackle football, I probably was playing like line or something then they probably moved me to tight end. And then I moved to receiver. So I was playing like tight end receiver. And then I just started playing receiver probably around like seven, nine. And I've been playing ever since. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: And what would be the one thing you consider to be the biggest sacrifice you had to make in order to become a professional football player?
2: The biggest sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Um, Just like time management, you know. I want to say like time management, but, you know, you're in college, you know, people want to party and stuff. They want to do all the extra stuff, but sometimes you got to just cut that out and just work out. You know, uh, you don't have to miss some parties. You don't have to miss the little gatherings. So I think just staying focused, you know, it's a time and place for everything. And just having my dad in my corner, being as though he's been through the process already, it's just it helped me. It helped guide me in college to get where I am today.
0: All right. Okay. Fun fact about uh, Monmouth is uh, we actually had a player with the Alouettes a few years ago from Monmouth uh, who was one heck of a player in uh, Brian Brokowski. I don't know if you remember him from when you were at Monmouth. I I know you guys didn't quite cross paths, but uh, he was quite the player in his day for the Alouettes. And, uh, you know, if if you can have half the career that he did, uh, I think you'll be doing all right for yourself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I have a... uh... I didn't know that. So I had to look into that because I, I didn't uh, know anything about that. But yeah, if he had a good career, hopefully I have half as a career as he did. Now
1: speaking uh. of of career, very interesting because it's you know how you became a part, not necessarily of the Alouettes at first, Reggie, but of the of the CFL. It came out of what you know came out of the COVID season and i don't think this this is something that the league had ever done before but they basically created what was considered a a a team cfl i'll call it a team cfl i don't want to call it a team code because that's not really the right term to to use but when it came to being a part of the cfl at first i mean had you heard of the league had you ever seen a game on tv had you ever had a, a, a a a teammate of yours playing the cfl before what made you choose to become and and a part of the CFL and to play the the, the Canadian game?
2: Well, I always knew about the CFL, but I, I really didn't look into it. Uh, my teammate now, Mike Jones, Mike Jones Jr. We went to high school together. We grew up together. So I was watching him play like in the Great Cup in '19, and uh, it was always like in the back of my mind, like if the league doesn't work out, I can always fall back on the on the CFL and. Uh, The league didn't work out, and my agent called me in probably December and said something about the Alouettes. And, you know, I looked into it with my family, and we made a decision to come up here and see how I do. And I just made the most out of it.
1: Tell fans what's it like being on a practice roster versus being on an active roster? Oh,
2: man, it was tough. Uh, You know, you always want to play. So, uh, like, uh, the hardest days is probably like, when the team travels or game day at home, you just watching from home when you watch it on the sidelines. So you always want to be a part of that. And uh, it was kind of hard just watching everybody that you go to work with every day, yeah. being able to showcase their time on the field. And you just basically have to wait your turn. So that's how it was. And uh, just standing around positive people, you know, don't let, them, let nobody tell you anything negative. You know, it's already a lot going on while you want to practice. Well, you already got stuff in your head that, You know, you're not making a lot of money. You might want to go back home and get a regular job. So it was just keeping positive people around me just telling me just wait my turn and it's going to come. And I I knew once I got on the field that I wasn't going to look back. So that's what kind of motivated me to to just wait my turn. And now I'm just making the most out of it. Yeah. And, and, that's it, and just staying ready, exactly. And obviously, you,
1: you got to be to take advantage of it because, unfortunately, in sports, it's usually the next man up type of thing. And that's the way it was for you because when BJ Cunningham got hurt, you were the next man up. And so far, hey, so you've made the the best of uh, of your career so far with the Alouettes.
2: Yeah. So yeah, it was hard seeing BJ go down because BJ was one of the guys I looked up to. You know, I came into camp and uh, I had a great relationship with BJ and. I still do to to this day, so it was hard to see uh, BJ go down, but he always encouraged me. Like, even when he went down, he, still, he was excited for me to play, he was excited for me to showcase my ability, so it was good to have him in my corner.
0: And if anyone can relate to what it's like to be on a practice roster and waiting for that opportunity, it's definitely BJ, because that's exactly how he got his start here was – just biding his time in the practice roster. And then when his number was called, he was ready to go. So I'm sure he must have been able to impart some of that onto you.
2: Yeah. So, you know, like guys like DJ, uh, uh, Gino, V8, they all started off on the practice roster. So just having them in my ear and just telling them to just wait my turn and uh, to stay ready because the, the CFL is crazy. You know, something's happening every week. So. Mm-hmm. I just had mm-hmm. to stay ready And just and keep my head down Stay focused And when my time came Then I was able to Showcase my abilities
0: Now let's talk about The first time you took the field For the Alouettes It was uh, against the Toronto Argonauts uh, Back in October of 2021 Just explain to us Like it's a home game So obviously your Your first CFL game Is in front of every, Like your hometown fans And all that Explain what it was like Taking taking the field That first time
2: uh, man, I was excited Actually Um you know, sometimes people get nervous and stuff before the game, but I was very excited. Uh, I was excited to be back on the field. You know, I took a a year off of football. So the whole 2020, I was just on the couch, basically. So just to be back on that field and get that joy again, it was very exciting for me. And uh, just just trying to make a play, just make plays when the ball come my way, make the blocks for the running back. And uh, we got the win that day. So it, it, was, it was a great uh, turnout.
0: Oh, that's excellent. And then finally catching your first professional touchdown from, uh, from Trevor Harris in Winnipeg. Uh, walk us through that one.
2: Uh, that was very cool too. Um, I was playing Mike. Mike was my, I grew up with Mike. I probably knew Mike since I was four. So being able to catch the touchdown in Winnipeg, it wasn't on him, but it was against him. And uh, uh, his dad was our uh, recreation coach. So he was in the span. So it was just, A blessing to be able to share that moment with him and share that moment with my teammates. I got to keep the ball. I gave it to my dad. So it was a great, great moment for me.
0: That is so cool, and it had to be good for Mike Jones too. On the surface, he's probably upset because okay, you scored a touchdown on him, but at the same time, it's like, (laughs) I'm proud of this guy. I got to be proud of him, right?
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's all love, you know. We uh, dreamed about this. So I remember uh, talking to him in the pregame, like. It's crazy, like we playing against each other. Like he, he, Mike stayed over at my house before our high school games, like washing clothes and stuff, getting the stuff ready for the game. So it's really like my brother. So when we played with each other, it was it was nice and to have him on the team now is is just uh, an extra bonus for me.
0: Oh, I, I mean, can imagine that's amazing. Like, like like life comes full circles, you know. Just uh, starting out as youngins, now you're now you're you know you face off each against each other, and now you're actually on the same team together. Like. How great
2: yeah. is that? I remember calling him in the offseason. I said, you might as well just come sign with the West," And he kind of like laughed it off. And then he called me during the free agency period. And once he called me, I already knew what he was calling before.
1: Was
2: like, <laughs> I think I'm coming to Montreal. I said, come on, let's go. So I'm glad everything worked <laughs> out.
0: He wanted to make sure you had a roommate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it Reggie, it's, you know, you talk about football. The football family is, is just so small, even though there's so many people, and to be with one of the you know, one of the guys that you've known for all your year for all these years, it's it just it, that's just crazy. It, it was, you know, what it, it's, I, I, you know, it, it seems like it was meant to be for you two to play on the same uh, on the same squad. So.
2: Yeah, I definitely feel like it was meant to be, you know, played, what, 7-9 to high school. The only time we didn't play with each other is in college. So yeah. to play together at the highest level was just, it was crazy.
1: Um, looking at the game, the Canadian game itself, um, what, was the, what was the easiest thing for you to get used to and the hardest thing for you to get used to when it comes to rules within the Canadian game?
2: Uh, the easiest thing was probably, like, I knew I knew once I learned the waggle I was going to be okay. Yeah. So getting the waggle it wasn't it was not hard it was just like learning the timing and stuff and the quarterback waving his arms when he's ready for you to go so that wasn't hard. Uh probably like the extra man on the field, you know, it's 12 men on the field instead of 11. So it's like the same coaches but it's different at the same time too. So just adjusting in that but everything has slowed down for me this year like I know I'm way more comfortable in the offense. I know the offense. So I'm able to just go out there and just have fun and make plays.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. That's all we can ask is you to have fun and make plays. Because when you make plays, my man, you make some incredible <laughs> yeah, <no> plays.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I'm still thinking about like week one versus Calgary. There's that one pass that Vernon just zipped right over to you, and I'm like, I don't think you even knew it was coming. Like, that's how fast it was, and yeah. you just snagged it, like, just out of nowhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, I try to make plays, man. You know, Gino, Gino make a lot of plays, so I try to keep up with Gino, Gino and Jake, you know, just try to be that, that third receiver to uh, keep us going. But, you know, I love our receiver core. And I feel like we've got the deepest core in the league, you know. Uh, but when somebody's number called, they always step up, and then, that just uh, goes to show about like our vets. Uh, they set the foundation, so so I feel like the receivers. We just whoever's is up is, is going to perform at the highest level. So I'm very excited for all our receivers and whenever they get their chance to showcase their ability, is, uh, they're definitely going to put on a show. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we're we're, we're yep. waiting for you. You're next up when it comes to doing a hurdle. We're waiting for you to hurdle somebody, Reggie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I, I never heard it before. I never tried before. It's been <laughs> in the back of my mind, so maybe they they they've been tackling me now. They know I'm a uh, a big receiver, so they try to go for my leg. So I, I might got to bring out a hurdle.
0: It couldn't hurt. It can only help. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what's it? Um, what's it been like so
1: far this year? Obviously, with the uh, you know, it's good to see that that the, the, all the quarterbacks on the Owls roster have a good relationship. As a wide receiver, uh, how hard is it for you to get used to when it comes to two di- you having two different uh pivots throwing to you? You know, you know, Vernon versus uh versus Trevor. Is it hard to get used to having two guys throw to you or is it, it for you it doesn't really matter?
2: No, that's not that hard, you know. Uh um uh, playing with VA this was my I played what, the first two games with VA so that was my first time playing with VA, but I've been throwing with VA in the off season so it wasn't hard adjusting. And I played with Trey last year, so it was just just like last year. But mm-hmm. I know what Trey can do; he know what I can do. And uh, but yeah, it wasn't very hard adjusting it, anything.
1: Okay, right. that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you t- also take part in VA's mi- mini camp this off season? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Do you think that you yep. two had, you were able to you know get together on quite a few things, being that you had not played with uh, VA before?
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely got some timing down. Uh, told him how I like how I, like where the ball is, like how I like the ball to it up high, basically, and uh, he just adjusting to me running routes, adjusting my speed. So it didn't take too too long.
1: Yeah, and uh, like Gino, you're good at the fifty fifty ball too.
2: Yeah, I like the fifty fifty balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I, like I was praying more than so the hard for Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, I was praying for you that 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 last that hail mary prayer that oh, yeah. up in Calgary. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought, okay, Reggie's got to come down with that one, and
2: oh, uh, it, just it, it felt like I was in a movie when the ball was in the air. I, I was in my head like I'm about to win the game, <laughs> Right <laughs> but it didn't go how I planned it. Did. So, but well, it was crazy. That, I was surprised he had got it down there that far, but he took so like, the ball. So when you when you're
0: in the moment like that, like it really does slow down, like in the movies, like. To you, or is it just like?
2: Yeah, well, that Hell pass is everything slowed down. <laughs> so I was just watching the ball on my way. I didn't know who was around me. I didn't really pay attention to anything else but mm-hmm. the ball. And then when it came, everybody came and collapsed.
1: So
2: yeah, it was over. With. Wow.
0: That's fascinating. I always thought it was just like something yeah. that they did in the movies, but if that's really how it is, yeah, like that, that's just,
2: interesting. Just that play, though. Any other play is real quick. They go uh, quick. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Fair. So now in 2022, you've had there—you know—you have a little bit more freedom based on because of the, you know, not all the restrictions are, there, are currently there because of the COVID uh, protocols, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. What have you uh, What have you been able to check out in Montreal? That's really caught your eye, you know, things that whether it be food, whether it be places that you've gone to. What What parts of the city have you uh, Have you been able to go to and check out?
2: Uh, well, I'm with my girlfriend now. I'm right in h H&M right now while she shops, man. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I've been downtown a lot, especially when she comes up. Uh, she likes to shop. Uh, we just ate uh, Korean barbecue. boy. So we've been to a couple of spots uh downtown and uh she's pretty familiar with it now. Uh I got a baby on the way so she gets her exercise in you know, on St. Cat. That's all her exercise is on Saint Cat. called, I called her out of practice and she was just walking down St. Cat and I was like, Why are you outside right now? She's like, I'm just going for a walk and going shopping So I said, Okay, I come get you at the practice then <laughs> <laughs> so, so congratulations
0: wow so congratulations uh
2: yeah. so th- will this, yeah, would this
0: be reggie white the
2: third uh we found out actually on the bye week oh so july 3rd i'll probably have a, a gender reveal, and we find out if it's the boy or girl that's cool okay okay that's cool that's that's Ooh.
1: cool uh did you did you did you drive to meet your girlfriend, or did you take the Metro? Because we usually try to find out if our players are, have gotten used to the subway system yet.
2: Uh, I usually take the Metro, but she brought my truck up, so oh, uh, I drove to come get her after practice. Okay. But usually I'll take the Metro.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Oh, um, makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, we always ask to, because obviously, yes, we know. Players are usually try to keep on a normal regiment when they're eating and stuff like that. Um, sometimes they do have cheat days and stuff like that. But we have to at least ask: Have you had a chance to try poutine yet? And if you have, do you like it or do you hate it?
2: <laughs> I haven't tried it yet. No. Everybody says I need to try. I've been here for two years and still haven't tried it. So maybe one day I'll, I'll go out and get some. What's a good spot to get some from?
0: There's there's a lot of good places, and I'll tell you what, Reg, we'll we'll take you for the good puts in, and there you we'll go. make sure that you you get it done uh, right. Because I'll yeah, tell you right now, I'm a, I'm avoid a, the fast food places. <laughs> I'm
2: a very but, picky eater, so it it's going to take some time for me to adjust
1: to it. I think you'll be really? okay. I think you'll be okay. If you yeah. like cheese, if you like French fries, it's just getting used to the the gravy that's on top. I, I, we call it gravy, but it's it's the sauce. It's as I said, you gotta go to the right place because you can't go to a McDonald's, you can't no. go to a Burger can you can't you can't get a poutine from from those places. You gotta go to a good place in Montreal. But what we'll we'll, we'll
2: yeah, help you I gotta, we'll I gotta you. go check it
1: out. Yeah, we'll help
0: you. Yeah we'll we'll steer you right. I mean well wait a minute, in Maryland you had disco fries, right? Yeah. Okay, same idea, but
2: better. Better?
0: I'll Much take your better. word for it. <laughs> 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 Listen, we, we won't steer you
2: wrong, man. We'll, yeah, yeah. We'll make
0: sure you get the good stuff. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: all right, yeah, Reggie, let's on. talk about uh, this this game coming up uh, against Saskatchewan. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's the home opener. Everybody's going to be jacked. Everybody's going to be excited. They want to see the Alvarez actually play. And what are you looking forward to most with this game?
2: Uh, I just want to win. That's it. I think we do for a win. You know, last two games didn't go out way, but you can see we right there. We right there, so just take that next step and get in that win column. And I think once we get in that win column, then we won't look back and we just keep it rolling.
0: All right. And is there anybody on the Riders that you're looking at right now and you're like, I got to beat this guy? Like, who who is that you're looking at saying, okay, I got to I gotta be better than this guy right here?
2: Uh, I don't think it's just being better. I think it's just the whole offense just executing. I think... When we when we execute and then we are that best and you no, know? don't let penalties hurt us and stuff like that. So I don't think it's just about me beating everybody, I think it's just the whole offense just uh, connecting at the right time. Mm.
0: That's fair. Well you're gonna have a whole stadium behind you this time, so uh, Exactly. You know, I, I yeah, I'm hoping I'm that's, that's I'm
2: excited to see all the outs, fan.
0: There you go. I'm hoping that's it's all it's gonna take now is just a little bit of home cooking to uh, to get you guys get get that W and get back on track. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and uh,
2: current,
1: uh, hey, you know what? It looks like the the potentially the gods, the football gods, are looking good on on you guys because everybody, everybody in the East right now is zero and two, except for Toronto. A. Hey, yeah. Get that one win. You can you can take the you can easy, you can yeah. take that take the East See, division still so. right there. Yep. Exactly. We're right
0: there. Exactly. Just get things no. back on track. That's all. That's all we can ask yeah, for, Reg.
1: we
2: just you know. We get back on track. <laughs>
1: Well, listen, hey, Reggie, we really appreciate your time, man. I know we've met you a couple of times already in in person, stuff like that. And uh, uh, if we don't have access, if we don't have access this week to the field, we'll make sure that we make our presence known and say hey to you. But if anybody wants to follow you on social media, Reggie, how would they do so? Uh,
2: Follow me on Twitter. I think it's underscore Reg1. And Instagram is underscore Reg, R-E-G-G-9. Cool. All right.
0: There you go, L O S fans. Your new wide, your wide receiver a superstar in in the making. Yes, sir. He's gonna have himself a great game on Thursday. I, yeah. I'm telling you right now, he is going to have a great game because you know why, Reg. I'll explain to you. Guys that come onto the podcast, we we give you a chance to say your piece. We give you, you know, we show you the love. Almost always, more often than not, and Tim backing up on this, guys usually ball out and have an amazing game. So I'm expecting big oh, things from you
1: this Thursday. It's true.
2: It's true. Okay, I, ho- I hope I'm looking forward to keep it rolling there.
1: Yeah. And then we'll have to have you on again, over and over and over again, and you'll continue to do as well as you're going to do this week. (laughs)
2: Uh, Thanks for having
1: me. (laughs) It was our pleasure. It was our pleasure, Red. Uh, Have a good one, man, and uh, uh, good luck to you on Thursday, and uh, we'll be cheering for you in the stands.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Well, it was nice for Reggie to join us, uh, even while he was uh, uh, waiting over at H&M downtown. (laughs) <laughs> it was. It was. I love it when no matter where they're located, Cliff, that these guys will come on and talk out about their career and talk about Iowa football. It, it. I'm. I'm waiting for somebody to say, "Well, so hell, y- you did that. You did a podcast when you were over in Europe."
0: Exactly. So I mean, in theory, as long as you've got an internet connection and a phone line, so to speak, I mean, you're golden. You can. You, you can go. do a, a podcast just about anywhere. There you go. My big fear, though, is someone's going to do a podcast from the toilet, and we, we'd rather not do Boy, that. So,
1: no. hopefully, <laughs> but it yeah, was yeah. it was well, it, yeah, especially it, if we start moving into video. Yeah, that won't that won't work out too well.
0: No, no, <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, but yeah, obviously, I mean, it, we're, we're trying to get
0: YouTube subscribers, not lose them. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, but Reggie, as I said before, the, the, he's a, a star in the making. Took advantage of the opportunities that they had. Obviously, he you know he has. Uh, he knows BJ Cunningham and, you know, obviously I've, you know, again, as I said in the interview, football's football's next man up type of mentality. But uh, either way, uh, I'm, I'm happy to have him on the team because uh, he's, uh, he's, he's impressing me and I'm, I'm he's impressing Alouette fans also.
0: Absolutely. And once again, Reggie, we thank you so much for coming on the flight deck. Uh, hope to have you back on real soon. And uh, you know, like I said, as we talked about in the interview, we got that podcast karma now. So, uh, you know, we, we, we fully expect you to ball out in front of your hometown fans on
1: Thursday. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, don't forget, we are on social media. Uh, you can find us in many, many places. Uh, check out our Twitter account or over at Alouette's FL Deck. Uh, you can find us over on Instagram. Just search for Alouette's Flight Deck. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Uh, also, we are still, we're creeping up. We're getting ever so close to getting that hundred, to getting that, to that hundred goal and giving away that uh, that brand new with tags, uh, throwback Delta jacket. We're almost there. I think we were just with, we we're fifteen people. I think that's what it was. I think we're fifteen people away. So we're slowly getting there. So if you haven't already, head over to uh, YouTube, do a search for Iloite's Flight Deck. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Mash it. Hit it hard. Uh, you know, as we're hoping to do this week to Cody Fajardo, just like a defensive man would do to Cody Fajardo, hit, hit, hit a smash it, smash it, yeah, and help yeah. us get make to it, help us get pay. to a hundred. So, um, and uh, our merch store, uh, don't forget uh, the won't get you won't get it before the the game this week, but make sure you head over there. We got a, some nice stuff. Uh, slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck. So, uh, yeah. And I said our emails earlier, you can email us at any time. Okay. This this weekend, it started off very interesting. <laughs> I'll
0: say. <laughs> to, say mean, oh,
1: to say oh. the least. To say the least. Um, it's funny. I hate Thursday games, Cliff. But yet the plus about a Thursday game is that the Alouettes have their first practice on the following Sunday. Mm-hmm. Which we've been able to attend a couple of times. Actually, uh, me for the past two weeks. You did it two weeks ago when it was at the Personal Molson. Mm-hmm. So I attended. I attended on on Sunday. Was able to see the team play um, before uh, DJ over at RDS tweeted it out about uh, about Trevor Harris. I, I I I saw it. I knew right away who who we were going to have starting this week, uh, even before the whole thing with COVID and then uh, whatever broke. Yeah. Um, and that's where the interesting part comes in. Uh, you know, I'm talking to VA after practice on Sunday, and then I happened to see that he was out on Monday, not feeling well, I DM him, and he says, oh, by the way, and this is before it broke, by the way, oh, by the way, you just to be on the safe side, make sure you get tested for COVID. So I've been isolating for two days, so mm. three, three days. So uh, everything's good so far everything's good so far so that but that's where the whole damn thing started we had three Incredible. people we had three people out in on injure uh on for injury that one day and i'm thinking what's going on you know because we knew the alowitz had their thing coming up uh actually it was today where they had their introduction over at um complex uh, day thank you complex day yeah and i'm thinking what aren't you telling us guys because we still have some guys who were not starting this week and and, and that were considered that had that were uh, had an illness also then we, well, you know, Mario Giacchini getting COVID, uh <laughs> you know, Gary Stern announcing today he has COVID, finding out that some others in the, because not my place to say, by the way, but finding out some others in the organization had just gotten over COVID.
0: Are you people all drinking out of the same cup for crying out loud?
1: <laughs> What's with this Kool-Aid? Um... So this this threw a wrench into, but again, it already been had been determined that uh, that Trevor Harris was going to be the starter this week. Versus, but it just it has thrown the team into a little bit of turmoil, considering all the changes. Now we mentioned before about Schluger being placed on on, I think he was placed on the one game, mm-hmm. uh, and Counter is going to start. Um, then Jake is hurt; he's on the one game and. And this goes back. If if people go back to what we were saying when we did our uh, our, our our show from uh, the the week after um, our, after training camp, Jake Jake's been going through some stuff with a hammy all season, and he's Always. out with a hammy thing.
0: Yep. Um. He has and, been very quiet this year.
1: Very. Yeah. Uh, Gino seems to be a little dinged up, and I think they said hamstring also, but he's going to be starting. mm Hmm uh changing quarterback obviously because of the changes uh with VA being on the the one game or not starting or However, i guess however they're determining what it's going to be um where it's it's now you know Harris, Dominic Davis and Davis Alexander as the backups so he'll be he'll, i'm we're guessing he'll be doing the i don't know i guess he'll be doing the uh, short yardage even though Davis is a little bit of a bigger guy we'll find out
0: Possibly, or really, could just be stay ready in case either one gets hurt. Because obviously, if Harris, God forbid, gets injured, they they would defer to Dominic Davis simply because he does have the CFL experience.
1: Mm-hmm. But there were some changes all around, and obviously, we want the best for the home opener. But man, I'm hoping they can overcome this mm-hmm. and 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 pull out a win in front of the home crowd because we we really, as fans we need we need to be one and two. In this division, we need to, right now, we need to be one and two. Yeah.
0: I mean, we can't keep hoping that uh, the other teams in the Eastern Division lose two, if only just to stay on pace with them, which is not the benchmark you want to be. It's no. not the benchmark you expect it or should aspire to. No. But, and again, it, it's tough when you look at the injuries, uh, the guys that are out. I mean, once again, it's, it's opportunity for, like, next man up. So you, you're going to see some guys in the, in the lineup that— I know can play and just need the opportunity. And this is, this is it. Like you want the opportunity. This is it. Like this is your chance to show up and show out, especially with it being the home opener. Like you're playing in front of your people. You're playing in front of your fans, your supporters. You want to put your best foot forward. If for no other reason to, to at least show that, listen, I, I belong on this team. I want you to be cheering for me the way you cheer for Vernon Adams and Gino Lewis and so on. And yeah, it's 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 incredible. Like the between the injuries, between COVID, I mean, like this this is incredible. I mean, yeah, I I, I had to laugh. I have to laugh though because we're playing the Saskatchewan Roughriders. They have not looked very good either, despite their record. Despite their record, I I, I, I kind of laugh. It's kind of a a weird juxtaposition. Like, you can make the argument that the Alouettes are the best 0-2 team in the Canadian Football League, and you can make an argument that the Roughriders are the worst. CFL team that's 2 and 0. Like these are two teams that are not so different really when you think about it other than the fact that Cody Fajardo could do no wrong. I mean like he, he's gone through his woes and he's gone through his things and nobody there's no quarterback controversy out there. I mean like but they they find ways to win. Like that's really what it came down to is they they just found ways to win against Hamilton and against Edmonton. Yeah. Whereas Montreal found ways to lose against Calgary and Toronto. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, Chandler where they seems to be doing most of the, uh, the returning this week. Um, Antwi and uh, newly acquired Fletcher will be our running backs this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Dante Absher will be making the start in place of, um, T. D. Jake. Of, of, yeah. Jake mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there are some changes on, on the, on the line. So I'm, you know, again, hoping for all the best, man. That that's that's all that matters. I mean, it's there's so many promotions. I mean, I I, I want this to succeed so much because of all the. I mean, uh, Mister Stern all of a sudden coming up with the uh, the fifty percent off tickets for students out of the blue. Yep. What seemed to be out of the blue. Yep. Um, you know, it's the day before Saint Jean. Uh, there's a band playing at halftime. Uh, a, uh, a a now I don't. Know, I'm sure you're gonna get one because you know I'm not really a beer drinker. But if you, I have to end up getting two, I'll be happy just to, just in order to have a a, a bottle, a, a can. But that Alouettes branded beer, that's
0: awesome. And the the brewery that's making it is Archabelle, which makes a lot of, a very famous up and coming brewery in uh, in Quebec. They make some excellent excellent beers. Yeah,
1: so one that usually have different women on on the bar on the cans, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and so no, not that. It's not what I mean, folks. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it based on what type of, of beer it is, it's a themed graphic, anyways. They, I shouldn't even say that word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just quit while you're behind I'm going to quit. All I'm going to say is this, Cliff. If I have to pay you to get because they're reducing the price on the beer, too. But if I have uh, you can drink it. I don't care because I seriously doubt they're going to give us an unopened unopen beer can. But if I, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to, I just, wanna, I just I want one of the cans.
0: Yeah, it's going to be collector's item. I really hope they sell them outside of the stadium. I don't know if it's exclusive. Yeah, just I
1: know. Th- they said it was limited. I don't know what that means. But yeah, because, yeah, I yeah, I hope so.
0: Yeah, because I, I know the uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, uh, they've got a, a brew. I think it's bench brewing out in Hamilton. Uh, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Wee about this. But uh, they make a Thai Cats beer. And I have no idea how it tastes because I haven't been out to Hamilton in quite some time. But, I mean, the, the, the Alouettes wouldn't be the first CFL team to have their own beer. But I just think it's really cool. And especially, too, like a, a really good brewery coming out with what I imagine is going to be a really good beer. I, I'm excited to try this. I mean, because let's face it, beer options at the stadium can be hit or miss at the best of times. But to know that the Alouettes have their own sort of beer, yeah, that's really, really cool. I'm and I, looking I'm, at I'm it really now. And
1: this is by the last time that the Alouettes did do this, and I, I I'm, I'm – far enough away from where it's located that it really wouldn't make much of a story because I'm on audio, not video. But they had their logo placed on, I think it was Bud, on the Budweiser cans. Right. I don't remember how long ago that was, but I think it was the late 90s. I think it was yeah. right after the team came. I think it was the late, late 90s. Mm-hmm. But I have, a, I have that can. I have a full can here, an open can.
0: So I remember when uh, Coca-Cola was giving away the, the mini cans with the Alouette's name on it?
1: Yes. Yes, I do.
0: Yeah, so I mean, like, th- this is not new, but just the fact that this is a beer, I believe, that was specifically made for the Alouettes, which yeah. is amazing all by itself. So, yeah. folks,
1: definitely check it out if and you're going that, to the game. Yeah, what else What else is there? Uh, merch galore. If you haven't checked out the the guy, if you haven't checked out, you know, Corey and the, and the guys over at the uh, Alouettes Boutique online, they got a whole slew of new stuff for 2022. Uh, I can only imagine what my bill is going to be like. <laughs> but buy our merch first, folks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, support the team. Don't get me wrong; you got to support the team, but support your podcast too.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so, Cliff, what 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 do these owls need to do in order to win this week? Break
0: Cody Fajardo's leg. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, he's got. A, he's he was been he's been in a knee race most of the most of practice this week. So I mean. Oh
1: really? Okay. Okay.
0: I, I'm not suggesting, nor would I ever entertain the idea of putting out a hit on Cody Fajardo. <laughs> no, I mean, we're not the New Orleans the, Saints. No, we're, we're not about that. But I mean, if, if I, I sincerely hope and it's going to be interesting too with Dan Clark, their longtime yeah. center and the heart and soul of that offensive line. That was a surprise. And that out. was non.
1: Wasn't that non-football related? No, what? I, I,
0: I. I not well, I'm not entirely sure they what had happened, but I mean. Because he broke it himself. Uh, that seems so weird.
1: He broke the news himself. Yeah, yeah. That no, he it, has a break.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just ugly. And just the fact that he got carted off. I mean, when, once you get carted off the field, it's not a good thing. You just saw that saw with William Stanback and you saw it yeah. with Dan Clark. I mean, yeah. once they bring that out, it, it's never good. It, there's never anything good associated with that. Yeah. No. So this offensive line for the, the riders, uh, I mean, now they've got a, a fresh-faced rookie basically under center now. Or, or at the center position. Uh, so, I mean, like he's, he's being thrown into the fire folks. Cause I mean, you look at this defensive line for the Alouettes and they're dangerous. They, they can definitely make some stuff happen. And if I am those guys, I am putting it. I am. If I'm Greg quick, the, the defensive line coach for the Alouettes, I am blitzing the hell out of Cody Fajardo. Like <laughs> make him run, make, make him put that wonky knee to use. Like, okay, let's, let's, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. That's, that's what you got to do. You got to bring all kinds of pressure. Like you got to you, you got to get these guys back on their heels and just make Kahori Fajardo as uncomfortable as possible. And if if his knee starts to falter, who's what's the backup plan in in, in Saskatchewan? I mean, uh oh,
2: this, I this,
0: this just like this team lives and dies as far as I'm concerned by Vernon Adams. The Riders live and die by Cody Fajardo. Like that's like you, you take him out, and I'm not saying to do it illegally or anything like that, but if you you take away that weapon, that affects everything because They've got some good, talented receivers. the The, the new running back, uh, Morrow, is you know he he had some pretty nice runs last week. But I mean, everything everything funnels right back down to Cody Fajardo. I mean, you take him out of the equation, you take away his weapons.
1: Mason Fine.
0: Ah, that's yes, that's okay. So there you go. So I I, I don't know too much about Mason Fine. So I mean, to me, I think that's going to be the key. if the Yellowwitz the if they bring that pressure. And just get in Fajardo's face and just make him as uncomfortable as possible, then the Alouettes have a fighting chance in this game because you take a look at everything that's befallen the Alouettes this week I mean, and this is just a recipe for disaster, like between the covid between the injuries, between everything else that's going on, I mean the you know this negative cloud that seems to be hanging overhead. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't have a good feeling about this game as it sits but i would love nothing more to be wrong i would love nothing more than have this team step up and prove me wrong
1: yeah please yeah it, and, it's, I, and it's supposed to be raining <laughs> on top of that by the way bring your rain gear everybody yeah
0: yeah i, I it, yeah it, it could get sloppy out there in many ways and yeah. again I, I think if montreal is going to win this game it's the defense is going to have to be absolutely lights out like really truly make life miserable for cody fajardo I'm not talking like, you know, forcing fumbles, pick sixes. Yeah. I mean, like, truly, really,
1: I think that's how the Elwets are going to... And, and, and if the rain is going to be an issue, Joshua and Antwi needs to be a factor. Actually, both of our running backs need to be a factor.
0: Yeah, both uh, Antwi and William Fletcher. You just, just run the rock. Like, just pound, ground and pound. Ground exactly. and pound. Uh, because Saskatchewan, they're a good team. I mean... Despite yep. what, You are what you, the, you are what your record says you are. And yeah, yes. Yeah. At 2 and 0. Exactly. E- even if you're the worst 2 and 0 team, you're still a 2 and 0 team. Like you still you're doing something right because you got 2 Ws. So, I mean, you got to give props to that. But for Montreal, like I know there's a lot of pressure on and I imagine like Trevor Harris is going to be like I said, I'm expecting a lot out of him. Why? Because everybody and their mother is saying that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, you know what? He's got to live up to it. I want to see the proof. I want to be proven wrong. I, I want Trevor Harris to prove exactly. my doubts wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Because otherwise, like I will be just as vocal and just as critical that everybody else has been about Vernon Adams. Yep. Uh, this, will the, this will be
1: the this be the seventh uh, seventh time in team history that the Alouettes have opened their home schedule. Cliff versus the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, they are three and three in those games, and uh, they did win their last meeting in 2017 17 16 and as i was reminded it was the yeah, i guess it was the uh everybody the uh, daring durant versus the world game <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like are we sure trevor harris never played for the uh well did, oh he didn't i mean david no
0: we don't have any former writer quarterbacks in the lineup do we not yet shoot i'm just saying like if, if somebody ever wanted to come out come on is just like you know Get their revenge. But uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> like, see. Like doubles tried to. Do, well, actually, he did he did do it. But I mean, funny with that game, too, I seem to recall there was a bit of malaise. There was a little, you know, there, there was some doubt kind of swirling overhead as well. And the Alouettes, you know, literally by the skin of their teeth, they won that football game. It could happen
1: again. Yeah, we can do this. We can do this. We still need some home home revenge for that uh, that uh, weather shortened game a couple years ago.
0: Oh gosh! What and oh wait, it's raining tomorrow, isn't it? Yes, it is. Is there
1: lightning in the forecast? Not that I've seen.
0: Whew. Okay,
1: then we got a chance, folks. <laughs> we got a chance. We always have a chance. We always have a chance. <laughs> and we appreciate you, everybody, for joining us for the for the episode. Um, I keep saying that if you know, wasn't for you, we'd be talking talking to ourselves. But uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, you know how to how to get a hold of us. Social media, email, please do so. And, and also to again, stay tuned for our next giveaway for the our next for the next pair of Sport Buff Light Cruise seats that will be done the week before the game versus the uh, versus the uh, Edmonton Elks. So stay yeah, and tuned. And folks, if you see us at the game on Thursday,
0: please come say hi. Please let us know that what you what you like and what you don't like about the podcast. Like we want we want to interact with each and every one of you. Like we we're giving away the seats, the flight crew seats. You know, we're we're doing everything we can to help remind everybody about what an awesome place Percival Bolsa is to watch a football game. If you see us, come say hello. Come talk about the podcast. We'd love to see you.
1: We'd love to hear from you. We're, we're not shy. Come, come say hi. Exactly. Come say hi. So we'll be back next week, hopefully to talk about the first win of the 2022 season for the Montreal Alouettes. So for everybody here at the Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Run final approach.